where is my, oh there it is. <clears throat> So let me introduce us. Um, today is the 29th of August, I'm sorry, August, April, pardon me, April. of 2016. Uh, we're at the Historical Society building with Roy Ward, who is Dale here. Ward. Dale Ward, pardon me. Dale Ward, um, who is uh, nearly a native, minus one year of his life, I believe. Oh, thank you. As he told us, he was born in Nashua and moved here at about the young age of about one. Yeah, well, immediately thereafter, I guess. Uh, um, we're going to talk with uh, Dale today about the ski hill, amongst other things. Uh, we're joined by uh, Donna Corey and Roy Wallen, both from the uh, Brooklyn Town History Committee. So, uh, without further ado, I've already gotten uh, Dale's address at 13 uh, Baldwin Loop in Pittsburgh, New Hampshire. Uh, with a birth date of 10-24-1945. We'll get some other bios uh, at the end of the interview, but we could at least begin with this at this time. So Donna, you want to start with what you know? Oh, definitely, Good. definitely. Um, okay, so you have the current contact. Um, so you grew up here in town. Did I hear you came here <laughs> about what, one year? Wait, I was born in Nashville. My parents lived here, so I've been here all my life. About what year? 1945. Oh, great. So, actually, let me, so 1945, so 1946 is when Corey and Fessenden reopened the ski hill. Do you remember that? The, I mean, you were probably <laughs> no, young. No, no, I don't. Do you remember um, any of the time when they, Corey or Fessenden owned it? The ski oh, hill? yes, I do. Do you remember skiing there? Oh, yes, I do. Tell yeah. me what you remember. I remember going to church, Sunday school, down here at the uh, church in the center of town. And the side of that church would be lined up with skis, ski poles, and all of us kids, Bonnie Bobian, Pat Wright, Pamela Reed, Bobby Fezzeden, who was Nason Fezzeden's son, um, Lee Hall, probably Tommy Hall, would all our skis would be lined right up against the church, and you'd sit there looking at the ski area. Yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, uh -huh. okay. Yeah, say a prayer. Do I have to close my eyes? There's people skiing up there right now. <laughs> and as soon as we got out of Sunday school. We were gone, <laughs> right up the Bond Street, right to the skier. If it snowed, like on a Thursday or Friday, once we got older, um, when I say older, 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, before they had any groomers or anything like that, we would groom this slope right here. Well, are these your personal photographs? Yes, uh, they were given to me. We'll get to that. Uh, Many of those are on the website. I've seen them. This this here, I believe, was to the left of the building. If you stood in front of this building right here. 
this would be to your yeah, it would be to your left. This would go right down towards the T-bar, those pictures there. So you're talking about the photograph that um, it looks like there's people in line. I don't know if I could put maybe a little A or something on the back of well, it. or That one has the, it looks like the ski toe coming up angled from the, from the left yeah. to the right. I'm sorry, the right up to the left. Why, the I say, well, why I say that, those two A-frames, they put a, this is after DeRosa owned it. At the Rosewater, I think he put the, it was a J-bar that was there. The rope toes are gone in all of these pictures. Okay, so that's a J-bar that we're seeing there. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Okay. Well, not a, it's, it a I'm sorry, it's not, it's not a J-bar. It was like a bar. With a cable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, po a pony. A pony. Pom pony. See, they put that in. I was in the service when they put that in. So what year about do you think that was? 1965. So describe that again? 66. 1966. 67. So that had a handle or did it have uh, something you... you it had a, just a bar. Just a bar. Just a bar that stuck out and you grabbed the hole of the bar. Oh, so and it, was, it was directly attached to the... It went very, very slow. slow. Yeah, very attached to the... You just grabbed it, okay. So, and then what were the A-frames for? The A-frames were the mo motor houses. Okay. For them. And if you look at the top A-frame, off to the right, you can see somebody skiing there. Up over here? Up, no, top A-frame. Okay, look to the right of the A-frame, right there, right underneath your pen. Yeah. Isn't that somebody, or is that the, yeah, that's yeah, somebody skiing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right behind him, see how it's open? Yeah. yeah. That was the Go Devil Trail. Oh, It okay. used to come all the way down before they cleared that. There was only... There was only a few trails. There was the Depot Trail, which came down around this, this whole thing here. Started up at the top. Yep. Came oh. around all this and came out. You know where the trailers are by where the lodge is now? Mm -hmm. There's some trailers there. Mm -hmm. It came out down in back of the, oh, okay. because they used to, this is where the small rope tow used to be on this side here. So what you're describing then is, is the main the, the main run. No. Well, but but aside from the main run to the right, uh, to the main run. Of this, if you're standing at the bottom, yeah. okay, that would have been the depot trail, because okay. it came out by the depot. Okay. Um, then you had on this slope over here, you had uh, the cut back which came out just before the steep vertical drop. There's, I don't know if you ever walked up there or not, but um, there's a very, very, very steep vertical drop on the last of it. And it came out right at the top of that. And that's on the left-hand side of the main? That would be on the left-hand side of this trail. Okay. This, they had two big, this is the um, newest one they opened up, this one here. Pointing to the right, right hand side of the, yep, of the lift of the left, the right hand side. That was new. That only used to go up to uh, right about here, maybe a little bit higher than here. The little rope toe. Yep, that was the little rope toe. Yeah, and that was about that was the gas propelled 500 foot. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and then when they put the T bar in, which went up to 1400 feet. Yep. Right? That took over the little toe. Yes, it did. Okay. Yep. Did it? I can remember when there was a rope toe here. 
Yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yes, there was. So it came into it from in here. Came from this trail into it here, and then you went up. It was up in here somewhere. And it went as how far? Was it? it went all the way up to the summit, as far as that goes. Oh, it did. Yep. And it was run by a trolley motor, electric trolley motor. You know how they can speed them up? I'll tell you right now, that baby, if you had one of your buddies in there, he'd get you to the top real quick. <laughs> it was tough. When I started skiing there, I couldn't ski the big, we call it the big toe. You couldn't, I couldn't ski the big toe because I couldn't hold the rope up. I wasn't big enough. And... And which one was the big toe? The one way over here on the left-hand yeah, side. On the left side of the mountain. Yep. Because I didn't draw here at all or Well, no, I don't. This is from 62-63, which things have changed by Yes, yeah, this one right here. This is the original big toe. Oh, it is. Right there. Where? That whole thing. Was it okay. number... Well, that's, I thought that was a trail. No, that's, that's the big one. The big trail, these are trails, the green and the pink big are trails. This was the cutback, the yeah. green one, I would say. Probably I, well, this I one the here. Orange one. orange yeah. one was cutback. And then I thought this and then was there Boot was Hill. This whole thing was Boot Hill. Did they call that? DeRose is the one that named them. Yeah. Other than, he named Boot Hill. Or, so I, what did they call this one? This one was Depot. Yeah, that's yep, Depot that's Trail. Depot trail. <laughs> um, then he called, let's see. I can't remember whether he called. There was Devil's Back. No, it was. Uh, I just Go Devil. Go, go Devil. Thank you. I just said it a while ago. So Go Devil was the widest one around. Yeah, that was nasty. That was. A, that was a nasty one. You had to be good. That was <laughs> Devil X. <laughs> was it narrow was, and steep? It was narrow and steep, with corners. You spent a lot of time kind of shushing, <laughs> going straight. And you couldn't. Uh, they, you you couldn't go up the lower part of this here when you groomed, or this trail either. You had to groom from the top down. That was with a Taka snowcat, because uh, I I did the grooming too when I got old out of the service. And uh, Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to Go Devil, that was maybe ten or. 15 feet wide. Wasn't that a really narrow It trail? was narrow, yeah. It was nasty. So it was kind it of... It was nice. fun, you know. Now, now you're, you're, that, uh, you're, what you're holding there, Donna, is yes. labeled as what number? The number one? Uh, yes. Right Go Devil right is number one yeah. on the map. Yeah. Um, Snakeback was another one. Does that sound familiar? Snakeback? Expert Trail? That was the green Stacy's run was in there someplace. Stacy's came, I think, a little later. Okay. Just a little later than this, because this was one of his first years or two in business. In the beginning, the only ones that were there was the little toe, the big toe, depot trail, cut back, and go devil. They were the only ones that were there. Would you mind if I have you identify on this, the original rope toes, like actually... Mark it, because it's hard to identify on the tape yes. after. Right. Yeah. This here is a T-bar, right? Yes. Okay. And your rope toe 
is where the T-bar was. Right. Okay. Only instead of coming, starting down at the bottom here, it started it started right, right about in here somewhere. Right about in oh, here. Actually, you know what? Instead of you, you write on it. My, oh, I, my, I shake. My, my, I'm left-handed and I shake. But just this, like I said, you got everything right. This is the, this is the depot trail. This is the cutback, E. Um, D was an, a trail that was added afterwards. Mm -hmm. All of these trails, I have, they, they were added afterwards. I believe it was either A or B that was, no, it couldn't have been A. It had to be B. B was the Go Devil Trail. A was another one that was added. But I don't remember A. They actually say C was Go Devil, B was Sundance, A was Tomahawk, which was 62-63. Could be. There was a long runoff at the end of it. It's true, but that, that was, I'm remembering before all this was put in, really. Right. So is it possible, let's just draw what you remember before DeRosa, like when it was Corey Fessenden, just the rope toes that existed. Okay, the rope toe, this, I have no idea what this is, but because there was no T-bar here. There was the rope toe here and the whole hill. Yeah, you, you write it in, okay? Okay, go right across here. Okay. Right across. This way, right on the right. You mean horizontal? Yep, just draw a line across. Okay, this was all woods from here up. This was woods? Yep. Okay. The rope toe started here and only went up to here. Okay. Like just where the wood line was? Yep. Okay. And your other rope toe came in. Came in through the woods. Yeah, see. Yeah, they came in through the woods here. There was more woods here, mm -hmm. but it, there was a woods wide, and it was flat that you go in to get to this rope toe to come up. When they put the T bar in, they moved it way down to here. But up here. Okay, right here, mm -hmm. in this area here, that's where the little shack was. The shack is Morris Marshall's house up at the dump. Excuse me, transfer station. Used to be actually, that's been removed by now, yeah. It just was removed. Was it? Yeah. That, that was the old shack. That was the shack that held that right. big motor that ran it. That's what I thought. And it was right in here. And that was, so it was kind of like over here. Yeah, it looks like it was down further on the hill, right? Do you think? No, it wasn't. It was right in here. There's your left. And this, these people are standing up at the building. These oh, people wow. right here. They're standing up here at the rail. Oh, wow. So that, that went way down to the building. And just a little shoot to come around from this trail here. And... The Rosa is the one that added, see, you can almost see it was right, this width right here. 
went right across here. And that was all woods up there. Okay, so there was a rope there. And so you think the other rope was more this hmm? way? Like, do you think it was? No, the rope toe was right where the T-bar oh, was. Perfect. And the big one, the big, the big, big one. Toe? Yeah, big toe. And that only went to the woods that as went, well? That went nope, a that further. went all the way up to the top. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And. So this was a little toe. This is, that's a little toe. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. And this was run by a Model A or Model T Ford, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And was the Ford at the bottom or was it at the top? At the top. So it was somewhere here. I've been out in the woods that way, but... There's still the big concrete block that, platform or whatever. That would probably been up here, I would think. Yeah, it is higher up. Way up at the top. Yeah. That was for the uh, the pulley. It was for the pulley? The, the, yeah. Not the pulley, but the uh, bull wheel up on top that the cable for the T-bar went around. Yeah, because there's an indentation, and I have a picture of that as well. So that's I, what that was for. I lived up here by the school. And I could hear the dog in the gear. That, so if it, the cable broke or something, or the motor quit and it went around, started to run backwards, that dog would stop it. It it'd just flop into each gear as it went by. And I could hear that click, click, click at my house. And hear it clear as a bell. And where were you living then? Right across from the school up here. What was your address? 26 Springville Ave. Wow, that's amazing that you heard that. Oh, it's up on top of the hill. You can hear it good. Of course, winter time was crisp and hot. Okay, um, so that's interesting. Okay, and... There was no buildings there when Fezzard and Corey owned it. Okay. All there was was a ticket booth that was the size of an outhouse. And I do believe there was one outhouse. If you wanted to eat, you went over to Whitcomb's restaurant, or you went to the railroad snack bar. Mm -hmm. And where was the ticket booth located? The ticket booth was located as you drive up into the parking lot. Yeah. Right now, there was no parking lot there. I would say that ticket booth was probably at the top of the road going up to the building. Right now. No, They'll be right there on the left. Okay. So it's pretty much at the bottom of the hill or somewhere oh, yeah. in the vicinity. It was out of the way in good shape. But, but I started to tell you that we, as kids, we, when they got a snowstorm, we would go sidestep the little toe and pack it down and get a free ticket. You got done around 1 o'clock before you got to ski, but. <laughs> Probably eight, seven. Yeah. Oh yeah, you found this, and they used to get mad at us because we'd walk up the hill and then ski down. They said, "No, no, no, you gotta pack it both ways. <laughs> it takes too long." <laughs> <laughs> so how many of you would do that? I don't know. Maybe there wasn't many kids in town. I don't know. Eight, ten of us maybe. There was sometimes there was some some of the big boys that would do it that worked there. Yeah. Because you had to, you had guys that shoveled in the lift line, 
where the rope tow was, keep it from getting like this. They'd shovel it in. So this was in, the, in what era? This was in the president. I'm sorry, the, uh, the Corey president era, or after that? Both, actually. Yeah. And um, how old were you been at that time when you were began doing that type of? Uh, of um, My whole life up to about 1970 something, because. After I got married and had kids, I couldn't afford to go skiing anymore. So I groomed slopes there. And just about all I did was groom slopes. But before that, I was ski school director. I ran the ski school before I went in the service. When I got out, somebody else was there running the ski school. Mm -hmm. Say la vie. Can I just circle back to some of the pictures? Go right ahead. Before we move ahead, because I just... Because I don't know what you've got for pictures. Well, I got some old ones. You've got some good ones. Okay, yeah, that's the big oldies. toe. So this is the big toe. Yep. And you're identifying that as bhs 21 jpeg on get Brookline it. Ski Toe. And right it, move you around, let's see. Right there. Right across there. It went down. That was the vertical drop. Nobody stopped. Once you went over that lip, mm -hmm. you did not stop and stand anywhere there. That was, you know. And I'm sorry. And the Zoomer and the Polly's Follies had nothing on that. That's this one it's here. It's this one. Yep. Okay. And it was a sharp drop. Yep. Was it one of those things you couldn't see over until no, you were No, you there? couldn't see over it until you were over it. We used to jump off that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, it looks like so. because this looks like one of the earliest photos when they were starting to clear. Maybe back because there's hay in the front and a lot of trees, a lot of woods. Is that how you? I'm remember trying to it? think where that hay would be. That's going to yeah, be that like Corey's Field, maybe. Was that pasture land, or Corey's Field was? When you know where I'm talking, where? Yeah, that that had to be where that was from. So it'd be across the street. Behind, um, behind the gas tank. Because there was no field. There was no field at the bottom of that. That was just, I don't know, it came right down. This, this slope came right down to an opening. See, the railroad or Route 13 was in between. Oh. What you're looking at there. Oh, okay. So that's a really far, right, yeah. perspective's off. Um, this looks like it's at the top. Looking. People would go there. There's there you go. Yep. That's kind of how you remember. Them. Yeah, they've gone over to lunch. I used to walk. Charlie Ouellette and I, he lived up across from Bob Riando's. And we used to walk home together from skiing, carrying our skis. <laughs> we're very smart boys. Neither one of us went to college, and you'll understand why. <laughs> we would stick our tongue on our bindings and say, okay. I'm at the parsonage. I'll get my tongue off before I get to hates. <laughs> and we, I don't know how many times you'd stick your tongue on it. You know. Did you get it off the time? I know. Of course you would. It was easy. <laughs> Just <laughs> breathe hot air on it and it'd come right off. You know. That was the old spring bindings. Yeah. This is another early photo. Is this? This is the left trail again. Yeah. And that is, was that Morris's? 
That's the building he's talking about. I was talking about the shack. The shack. See how I said it was up the hill forever. Yes. There it is again. Yeah, boy, I never saw it that open there. Grew up a lot. That was way before, that was. That was way before you, you think? Well, not way before me, but <laughs> before I was big enough to go ski. This was actually um, when it opened, 1936. So that, that is a little before your yeah, time. See the line at the bottom? Yeah. Right here? <clears throat> That's a groove that that rope would would make when nobody was on it. And us little kids, we, when I say little kids, we were 12 years old. But that was the big reason most of them couldn't get up there. But I would get guys like Alan Fezzedin, um, Stanley Reynolds, uh, Chinky Jepson, uh, those boys. And they would put me in between them and they'd hold the rope up for me. All I had to do was hang on the rope. Nice well, they're town boys. Mm -hmm. We stuck together. <laughs> how, how was it getting up on that rope toe? It was murder. <laughs> you had to fight it all the way. You had to hang on. Either one hand in the front and one behind you or both hands in the front. If you was a kid, you usually had both hands in the front because you were trying to hold it up. You know. But and it was wet and heavy. Oh yes, it was very heavy. It was, it was, it was heavy and if there was a crown, right. as you went up, as it went up the hill and it had a crown to it, well, that rope dragged on the bottom. You know, it wasn't nothing. There was no pulleys for the lower piece, a rope, the lower section of rope it was just the top. So you had to keep the time or skiing sometimes and the, 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 the rope would go to the ground and I had yep. to try to keep pulling up on it just to kind of hold yep. on to it because it was so heavy because the top missed everything else on it. Yeah. And it would, you had, kids had to be careful or anybody had to be careful because that rope twisted as it went up and if it got your parka caught in it, you couldn't get out of it. It had you and it would take you right down and just drag right up to the top. And then you had troubles because that meant you were going up to the shift. Was there a sense of panic when you got near the shift? I've heard stories of well, the, getting stuck yeah. to the rope. Oh, I've seen a lot of mittens go up there. And hats, you know how they used to wear the long wool hat that hung way down low? Oh, yes. They'd get caught in it, you know. My hat went up there, you got a hole in your hat now, you know. They were, the, the shivs, we called them shivs, all they were was old wheels, rims of cars. Mm -hmm. That's what the rope rode on. And they were up in the trees? Nah, some of them were up in trees. The last one was usually, I thought the last one was on like a pole, telephone pole, but most of them were on a tree. So when, when you'd finally make it to the top on a road, you just let go. You just let go and pray. Pray what? That you're going to release. Yeah, you just let go of the rope and you yeah. go right away from it. You know, that wasn't that wasn't how you weren't wrapped up in it. As long as you held on to it, it didn't twist in your hands. You were fine. These are photos that I took last September, and I guess that must be the. This is the concrete block that's up there. That's up top. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that would have been for the T-bar? Yep. And that's the big, what, what's this big groove? And Oh, that's probably where the steel girders were and everything that were supported. That wheel up there was almost as big as this room. Really? Yeah. But wow. It, around, I'm saying, yeah. No, at least half the room around. It had about, well, I'd say that thick. Yeah, and had dogs in the wheels. It was gears. And that just, the cable, there was a, uh, the T-bar went right around the bottom of that. And, excuse me, the bottom of that. And that, like I said, there was a dog in it. That's all it was. There was no motor up there or anything. The motor was all down at the bottom. And the dog was there to, to prevent any back? If it any, started rolling backwards. It would, it would hold it, yep, yep. Because sometimes somebody would get caught, and, you know, or fall off and was hooked on the T-bar, and they had the guy operating it would run and shut it down. And when he shut it down, you got all this weight on one side. Everybody would go backwards, you know, if you didn't have that dog up top. And then I just found a couple of other um, concrete bases throughout the woods, and I'm assuming that must be for the towers, or maybe the Yeah, hospitals. that would be the towers. Yeah. And there's even, it looks like some old cables that were... Towers for the T-bar. And by the way, your reference to the, the size of the... Of the uh, what do you call it up top? Bull wheel. We call it bull gear. So we're talking about the, the size of that, the, the dimension, or the... Um, Diameter of that. I'd say about seven feet, eight feet across, maybe. You've done good. You got, you got a lot of stuff. It, some of it's off a little bit, but it's not off much. You know. What was your first memory of the hill? I mean, when your first ski experience, perhaps. What did that? What do you call that? I was so young, I don't remember. I was, I they my, my first pair of skis were this long. And I was on skis always, and uh, that was just a way of life. I mean, you did two things in this town back then. You either skied or you skated. If you didn't have any snow, you went up to the lake and you skated. There was no snowmobiles, so there was no picks digging the lake all up. And on a moonlit night, and the lake was nothing but a piece of glass, you could find any one of us up there. Jan McGee, she lived on the lake. The Dennehy boys, they lived on the lake. And we'd be up there, and we'd skate. Take a blanket or a sheet, go up one end of the lake. You hold those corners, I'll hold these corners, and let the wind take us right down the lake. You'd get to Camp Debbie and say, okay, we can stop now. <laughs> A little late. You you had no idea how fast you were going. You were chattering. Then you'd skate all the way back up. It's a mile up there. There'd be nothing to skate around that lake three times in a night, four times in a night. If you had snow, up, up to the ski area. Hockey, you were up there. Always played hockey up there. When the snowmobiles came, that ended the hockey pretty much. Well, they'd ride through and they had picks and they'd dig it all up. And you'd make a new place. And 
It was just, it was different then. So when you began skiing, was it your was your family began that? How did you just involved? me. Just you. I guess my brother skied, and I don't know if my sister skied or not. I never skied with him. There's a big age difference there. Your sister would be Peggy. Yep. But uh, I remember. I remember being in the old Nash and headed down to Sunday school. It was a nice day, got plenty of snow. And my father said to me, I'll make a deal with you. If you go down the big toe, I'll take you right down to the ski area now and you don't tell your mother. Or you got to go to Sunday school and then go up to the skier. Take me up to skier. <laughs> I'm going to do the big stuff. Oh, that was that was a big step. That was oh man, this is the big one. How old were then? I'm going to Sunday school, so I was probably ten, twelve. Yeah, probably ten, twelve. And you, you barreled down? What happened? Tell me more I skied it. I skied it. I skied it. And you couldn't get me off it. You'd stand there in line waiting to get on. You had to get out of the way and wait for two big people to come along so you could get in between them, you know? Yeah. You couldn't grab the rope yourself and hold it. There was just no way you could do it. But it was fun. Those were the good old days. And then when I was grooming, I also ran the T-bar. Not all the time, but I loaded. I, I enjoyed, on a busy day, I enjoyed loading the T-bar. Because yeah. you get to talk to everybody, you know. So let's, let's talk about some of the equipment you were using early on. Northland skis. Bought at Hammer Hardware in Nashua. If Hammer Hardware in Nashua didn't have it, as far as my father was concerned, it didn't exist. You didn't need it. So that's where my skis came from. They were cable binders. The ski boots were not insulated. Square-toed, leather strap over them. Um, were soaking wet by the time you get home every, every time. And we walked, you know. Dad might take you down on Sunday, but on Saturday you were on your own. You walked down, you walked back. And you prayed for a snowstorm on Friday because that meant you could ski down the roads, you know. And I lived in a place where, as they say, it was uphill to school both ways. <laughs> if I came up this way, I had to come up that hill. And I went down this hill. If I came home this way, I came up this hill and I went down that one. So it, it was uphill both ways. So, so how is it that you came to know Mr. DeRosa? Was it just through skiing? Or yes, was it, it was through skiing. I was a pretty good skier. Yeah. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, you want to work here? Uh, would you like to work at the ski? Free skiing? You bet your life I'll work. I'll do anything you want, you know. And, uh, one day they were very, very busy, and he said to me, he says, take these people out and teach them how to ski. So I did, and then there was somebody else, 
and then there was somebody else, and then pretty soon I had, I think I had five instructors, and he'd get CYO groups out of Massachusetts that would come up during school vacations. They'd come up in busloads, and one of the stipulations was that they they all rented equipment, uh, but they had to take a lesson, you know, just to teach you how to get up and how to fall down how to do a snow plow and have fun, not get hurt. CYO stands for a church youth Yeah, Catholic Youth Organization. And then in between that, you did other, other, gave other lessons. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty good. There were some, some kids in this town that came out. Pretty good skiers. Um, Danny Bent was one of them. Uh, Daryl Jeffries was another one. Uh, Bobby Jeffries was another one. They were, they were gutsy boys. They had, I was the gutsy one in the beginning, but at the end of it, you know, I went in the service. And I came back. It was a different world. Yeah. You know. Did you actually provide instruction? Did you? Yeah, did I, you I taught skiing. Yeah, oh yeah, and these kids, they, a lot of the, a lot of the little kids like Jeffries, and they'd follow me. And if I jumped over a mogul, they jumped over it, or would follow me over it, you know. And they'd watch me, and that's the way I learned to ski. I never took a lesson. I just, you know, I'd watch the Olympics on TV and say, hell, if he can do it, I can do it. Away I'd go, you know. Great. You also helped with clearing the land around there, didn't you? I mowed. You? I mowed this slope here with my farm all tractor that's still at the still at the uh, farm up here. And I no hydraulics, no four wheel drive, and I mowed it up and down. And I can remember them standing that the mobile, well, was the mobile station, then when Corey owned it. Him standing out there, a bunch of them watching me, just waiting for me to, to dump it. I never did. I'd get up top and I'd turn around. Here we go. When you started down, it was so steep and there was, there was a lot of ledge. So there'd be maybe this much dirt over the ledge. Or a sod, whatever you want, but it was water running under it most of the time. And you'd hit that and you'd slide. And you'd keep sliding until you ran out of ledge and got the terra firma again, or give it the throttle till she caught up with it. And if that cut a bucket clogged up or anything, don't worry about that, just keep her straight. Yeah, I did that, that several right times. Side. That was the right side. And just to the top, mm -hmm. just the top part of the other side. Mm -hmm. Remember I told you there was a steep? Yeah. You know, don't get greedy and try and get too close to that edge. You know? A little risky. I got in trouble with the groomer there. I went over that with the groomer going down. And, and the wolves uh, in the back, they came right around sideways and got caught in the track. And every time I try and go ahead, it would kept trying to do this. I'd try and back it up a little bit. 
close it up. Finally got out of it. But that was another time. That railing was full of people all watching, you know. He's gonna roll it. Come out of it again. <laughs> you get lucky sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if you're on Facebook at all. A little bit. A little bit? Yeah. There's a site called, um, you know, you're from Brookline If. Yeah, I've you're seen that. that. You're mentioned a couple of times on there. Um, Bobby Hall, I don't know if you know Bobby yeah. Hall. Yeah. They say um, when the DeRosers bought the Brookline ski area, it had one slope, a rope tow, they added a second slope, a slope further back, and made a bunny hill for beginners. They added the T bar lift, an additional rope tow lift, and it was the first snowmaking equipment. Yes. And then they said during the construction, some they said like Bob Donahue. 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 Yeah. yeah. He remembers you extending the hills and the trails, and that he followed behind you clearing rocks out of the trails. Probably. Right off the remember. No. His memory. But oh. it sounds like there was a lot of work to get this redesign the trails redesign yep. when DeRosa came on. Yep, we did a lot of snowmaking. That was, I was involved in that too. So there was snowmaking done. Yeah. There was snowmaking. There was night skiing too, wasn't there? Yes, there was. You know, with it was interesting. The uh, the winters were big when I was a kid. You know, this walking to school with the snow up to your butt, you know, it was true, it, it happened. We had one foot, two foot snowstorms, uh, a lot of them. And the ski area ran, it ran, had plenty of snow. Then it started fading off, we weren't getting as much snow as we used to get. And that's when it sold to DeRosa. And DeRosa had it and he did good for a couple of years, he had snow. And then he lost. The snow started to fade away again. And winters were warmer. Well, he put the snowmaking in. We were in business. You make snow, we were skiing all the time. We had plenty of snow. Until towards the end of it, when he sold it, it wasn't cold enough to make snow. It would go down. So, of course, this was all, you know, in the beginning stages of snowmaking equipment, too. But it wasn't, it just wasn't cold enough. You couldn't make the snow fast enough. The days were too warm. You could only make it at night, and you'd have to wait till probably 8, 9 o'clock at night before you could start making snow. And you'd make it till the, the half hour before sunrise, you could make snow like there was no tomorrow. That's the coldest part of the day. And... Uh, but it got so we couldn't even make snow. And it, it had to be up north, it had to be up north. And that's when it all kind of went right down the tubes. When, when did the transfer happen between uh, DeRosa? What year was that? Into DeRosa? Yeah. Uh, it was 61. And then when did it close? It Ooh. Then, it, then it went to... Um, it went to, what was his name? Vericchio? Ferricio. Yeah. Early to mid seventies, Ferricio yeah. picked it up. So it was okay. So and he didn't run it too long. No. no, eight or nine years, I think. Yeah, I don't even think it was that. It might have been though. Was it 
So 78 would have been the latest time, you think? Um, yeah, because then Jim ago. Jim Swisher came in 1982, ran it to 1984 when it was Musket Mountain. Um, but yeah. And did it, did it finally close in 84? Yes. Yeah. And you can hardly tell it was even there now. I know. It's hard to make out. Um, Restaurants so are gone. Ski area is gone. I know. The only thing that survived this whole thing was the gas station. All three of them. For the snowmaking, did they also? I know that pumpkin. They called him pumpkin yeah. Corey. Yeah. Charlie Corey's father. Yes. Charlie Corey. Yes. Owen Corey. Owned the gas station, and he used to let um, Jim Swisher run the water underneath. For his snowmaking, I don't know if yep. that Yep, they went through the culvert. Yes. <clears throat> Tossed from the garage and went down to the river. Got the water from the river. So it was run the same way. Yep. Were the sun? Were the snow guns all over the hill, or just the base of both hills? Like where were they placed? The, <laughs> <laughs> were they just the snow guns back then. I got a little yeah, a little picture of one. Yeah, looks like a machine gun. Yeah. Look just like a machine gun. It's got a handle on the back. Yeah. You know. So you can. Yeah. So you could turn it, and you'd make snow there for a while. You turn, you make snow there for a while. Okay, you better pull it back a little. So we pick it up and drag it back. Turn it a little bit. Oh, the humidity's changing. Go give it a little more air. Shut the water down a little bit. Or give it more water, because it's just air and water. But you moved them all by hand. It was, and you sat on that mountain all night long. Mm. How many do you think were out there? Oh, God. probably not that many, really. There was probably five or six mm -hmm. that were out there. And you'd walk up, turn this one, go up and check. Oh, that one stopped. Get up there. It's going to freeze. Everything will back up. Oh, walk up and down that mountain at night in the snow. Literally all night. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you'd, you'd have a rain suit on. And if it got icy, or it was icy or slippery, you just, okay, I'm going to slide down to the next gun. And you'd sit down and you'd go. But when it hit the no snow, that it just made it was soft and wet. And it'll slow you right down. But if you missed it, hang on. <laughs> you were cooking. I told you we didn't go to college. <laughs> we did have a lot of fun. Can I ask you, when you came on for DeRosa, just to show DeRosa's changes with his addition of the rope toes, yep. you know, things change, so maybe we can do that in red to show the difference? Cool. If you remember? Yeah. Because I know we went from two toes to four toes, they called it, but I think it was three ropes and the two bar. And that, and, uh, yeah, you call them, whatever that bunny slope was with the little ones. Yeah, yeah, he added the bunny slope. Yeah, those, these little ones here. Now, do you, were these two, were, were these both rope toes? No, they weren't rope toes. They were those not a tea bag. Oh, a pony? Pony, pony lift. Oh, it was very, very slow. You could almost walk up as fast as they went. 
Were, were they both ponies? Yep. Oh, to my knowledge, they were both that. ponies. Okay, so he added these two ponies. Yep. Yeah. What else changed? He must have added those trails up in there too, because like I said, when he when I was there with him, yep. all we had was the Go Devil, Cut Back, and Depot. Yeah. Yeah. Under Lawrence, and, yeah, they only had. Four he was ones. making another one in there, probably. I'm not sure which one. Probably C. No, C was the go devil. Yeah. So it'd be B. Sundance. I don't ever remember skiing Sundance. Okay, so so he added the two ponies. Yeah, yeah this this is, he De Rosa added the T bar. And then he added the T bar, which was this. Yeah. That's the main. Would that be considered the main lift? Yeah. Yeah. And what did he do with this little toe? Got rid of the little toe, and he extended this to the top. He extended little, like... No, no lift here. No lift. Nothing at all. He just got rid of it. He got rid of it, and the T-bar took care of this slope and the, everything else. Okay. And and this was here before or not? Yep. Yep. That was from trail. the beginning. Yep. That's yep. one of the first trails. That's the depot. And he also built the building. Okay. And I actually want to ask you about that because I have a little confusion. The when he first built it, oh, here's another photograph, I think right when he was starting to clear, Yep. 61. Um, but here's a photograph of the building. Yep, that's the first one. Yeah, and I believe that was December of 61. I'm trying to figure out how that relates to the building that's there now. Add it on. Okay, so what part was the original part, I wonder? The front part. three windows but there's there's windows in here Was this, was this, was the uh, rental shop, okay. and there was also a concession in there. And then there was, when you put the upstairs on, there was a dance hall and a bar up there. Did you use that in off-season as well? And DeRosa did that? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> they had a lot of fun there. <laughs> but that was used for income in the off-season as well, I presume. Yeah. Then when he, he hired somebody to run the bar up there, or somebody did. Can we just go through 
through this one more time only because the ski season brochure states when DeRosa came on he had a thousand foot toe a 600 foot toe and a 400 foot toe that must have no been he didn't he only had two toes there was only two toes there when he bought it right when he bought it but yep. then after when he added they say that he added on a thousand a 600 and a 400 foot Maybe. Thousand. Yeah. Six hundred and four hundred. Think so? Had to be. They were the only ones there. Okay. Were you involved with installing the T bar at all? No. The private contractor, Hall, was the name of the outfit. It was a Hall T bar. I don't remember that. It was a Swiss type, a Swiss. Mule. Hall, I guess, yeah. was the name of it. At the time, I thought, wow, I love that job. Go around putting up lifts at different ski areas. That's awesome. And then I had to go, oh, you gotta travel all over the world. I don't want to do that. Um, what type of ski equipment did DeRosa have that he rented? Oh. Oh. You want to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Dynamo was one, and I want to say A and T something. Oh, I can see them—they were red, maroon color, kind of. Um, well, I gotta think about that. Did he have any of the original? Adam, items? Adam. He had some Adams. Adams, okay. Yeah. Did he have any what? Any wooden skis with old bear trap bindings? No, no. That they were all. Um, yeah, that was. They they didn't have any of that there. Um, his had. Wow. What they have for a binding? It would have been after the cable bindings, right? So they would have had nope, they were cable bindings. Okay. Yep, they were cable bindings. They had steel edges. Um, what is the name of those skis? Were they fiberglass? No, nope, they were wood. Skis? They were wood skis. They were wood skis. Yep, they were okay. wood skis. Um, what was the name of those skis? I didn't like them. They were cheap. I, I was a Kessley man, so metal Kessleys. Um, there was a. It started with a D. He had skis there that started with a D. He's a pro um, Back then, too, they had the. They were tall, weren't they? Were they? They were skinny. I skied on two hundreds. Yeah, 200, 220 were, yep. was a pretty common. Yep. Okay. And the last pair of skis I got were U.S. Greaves. They were fiberglass ski, guaranteed for life. Really? And I don't even think they're in business. <laughs> so you can say <laughs> But I still got them at the house with marker, toe pieces, 
and a Marcus swivel heel. Mine had a six foot leather strap that you strapped your foot in on the heel of the Marcus Topis. Mm. There was no coming out, you never lost your skis. And I could stand, and if you ask the right people, they'll tell you that can remember it. But I could stand right up straight, still, and just go all the way down, never bend my knees or nothing, go right straight down, touch my nose on the tip of my skis, and come right back up again. Secure. That doesn't sound so good if you're going to break your leg, though. You don't want to pop out of it. <laughs> come on, you know? come on. <laughs> uh, and there was a special way to wrap that all on, too. You know, that was a, that was a racing, racing harness that they used to have. I don't know if you had that. You were, you were in the, you were one of the big guys. <laughs> so... So we talked about, so what did he have for grooming equipment? Tucker Snowcats, and they didn't articulate. They had, well, they did articulate, but they had what they call them pontoons. Track, 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 track. You could not, they had six cylinder Chrysler engines in them, gasoline, um, three-speed transmission, an emergency brake, and the clutch pedal and the gas pedal. There was no foot pedal for a brake. Usually you just, they didn't coast. Um, <laughs> but when you steered them, you had those tracks in the back and tracks in the front. You had to be moving. Otherwise, you couldn't turn. And when you did turn, say, there's a tree right there. Okay, we're gonna come up to this tree. So I come up to the tree. Okay, the back end would come over and hit the tree. So you're trying to get away, to get away from something going back and forth, you could walk it sideways and it was always the wrong way that you ended up walking it, but you know. And you're doing this in the middle of the hill. There was no, no room for error. It had sharp cleats on it. They were noisy, loud. Any heat inside? Oh yeah, they were warm. They were nice. But in the day, that was the thing before they came up with the big, wide, single tracks like the groomers have, not today. And you said he had a couple of those? He had two of them. And I think back on it now, it was kind of like, this is the one we use and that's parts. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Really, I, I really don't. I think that's the way it was. Did he have any cross-country skiing or trails anywhere? No, he didn't. It was all too steep. It was really. So, and we talked a little bit about what was inside the building. There was the lunch room, snack bar, yep. rental area, yep. ticket counter. Yep. What do you remember of? Um, I heard there's a lot of parking issues or a lot of cars in the area. In yeah, because the there was no parking. So what do you remember of that in particular? They bulldozed a place in the front so that they could park down next to Route 13. And uh, oh, it was brutal. Then they try and get permission to park the buses down at the quarries, over at quarries. 
snack bag. He would like to pack something in. Um, I don't know whether they ever did any down the racetrack or not. I don't remember that. They all seemed to squeeze in somewhere, but there was, they'd park along, busy. If you had a lot of snow, it was in good skiing weather. There was a lot. Well, I heard they were up in, uh, down Bond Street. They were yeah. maybe up on Main Street. I've seen them up there. Right, yeah. yeah. Parking any which way they could just to get, yep. to get the help. Just go skiing. How many people do you think would be there on, on the I, No idea. That I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily hundreds. And the left line obviously would, would show that. In the there was a lot of there was a lot of repeat customers there, mm -hmm. a lot of steady steady customers. Because when I loaded T by, you knew a lot of them. You know, that was that was a good job. I liked loading T by. That yeah, was meet a lot of girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you got my glove. <laughs> um, if it was real, real cold, you'd swap off. You know. But if you were real busy, you, you kept moving. And especially at the nighttime with the snowmaking. Nighttime was slow. Uh, nighttime skiing was never packed. It was steady, but it wasn't. You, you got cold quick then. Snowmaking was. Then they got a snowmobile to run up and down the mountain, but he wouldn't let any of us use it because we were kids. But when you were snowmaking in the middle of the night, throughout the night, how did that work in terms of warmth and was that a, was that a shift type thing as well? It was a shift. Uh, you'd stay up there, you know, maybe you'd stay up there for two hours or three hours or whatever, um, depending on how cold it was. And you'd go down the lodge and, hey, wake up, you go up there. And you'd lay down on a bench and go to sleep. And, so your turn came to go back up again. Do you remember what rate of pay you were getting at that time? Or was it free skiing only? Don't even remember. Got money, but I don't know what it was. It, to me, it didn't make any difference. It was the, I was involved in it. It was part of it. Money wasn't the, I wasn't there for the money. I was there for the experience, but the money was nice. I was, my intentions were, when I got out of high school, was to make skiing my living. I wanted to be involved in skiing. Did that come to fruition? How much of that were we able to realize? Very, very little once I got married. That was, you know, we had four kids and there was more money in plowing snow than there was riding in that groom or going up and down the hill. <laughs> So I, do. I don't know, it just, you know, your life changes, things change. I remember I took uh, Bobby Jeffries, Paul Ward, came up and got me. And uh, <coughs> I was married, I had kids. And <coughs> they came and got me and said, skiing is fantastic, come on down. I says, I haven't put my skis on then. Uh, no. no, you can you can see. I said, I don't even know if I got any clothes to wear or anything. Don't you have any of those green wool pants? I said, yeah, I got those. Well, put those on and a black and red checkered shirt. I said, okay. So we 
got dressed up like a real hillbilly, you know. But I still had my boots and my skis. And we went down. And I just made believe I, this is the first for me, you know. I got spin around on the T-bar going up and go backwards. And then I'd be going forward again and I'd be dragging by one arm. Then I'd be back on it again. And you know, he's gonna kill himself. What's he doing going up there, you know? And we get up top. And I'm standing there, looking, and I go to go down, and I got my skis way up high, you know. Boom! Paul goes between my legs. Bobby goes between my legs. Oh, I'm screaming. And now I can get turned over towards the side. Now somebody's standing there. He sees me coming. He doesn't know what to do. I pick one ski up, and I'm on one ski. I go right over the front of his skis, but don't. My one that's in the air, you know. And I go around, and now I'm headed for the trees. Oh, I come back again. And they said down the line, everybody was watching, saying, this idiot's like, who is this clown? And then I got down near the bottom, and I just put it all together, you know. You. <laughs> and there was some people come up and spoke to me in the line. Said it was not funny. <laughs> but it was fine. No, what, what other experiences do you remember uh, happening up there? Accidents or other um, noteworthy things going on? We're talking about the rope tow. Um, Bruce Stewart, who lived in town, got his head split open. Uh, I had, used to have these like nylon pullovers with a zip here with a pocket in them. He had one of those on and he fell down on the rope toe and his sleeve got caught in it. And it dragged him all the way to the top and it was so tight that when he, he was hanging backwards and he got to the shiv where it's got to go around and go back down again. It hit him in the back of the head, and it sh then it spun around and it sheared off the the jacket and fell, which was probably 20 feet, maybe 20, 30 feet to the snow, the ground. And he had a gash. I rode to the back of a station wagon to the, the doctors, and I held his head from, from bleeding, and you can look. <laughs> Took it off once I remember that gas was wow. unbelievable. And uh, that was one. Uh, Terry Dennehy, who I don't know whether you people knew any of the Dennehys up there. Their father, uh, no, not their father, Ronnie Dennehy's brother, Terry. He fell on his ski pole and punctured his artery here. And I went in the snow. We had him laying, on the, laying there, and the snow piled up on top of him. And it would go red, red, red. It was pumping out of, so fast. So this is an artery in his groin? Yep. We got him patched up. Or, Ski patrol, National Ski Patrol person was there, and uh, I was the toboggan guy. I would 
you had a toboggan set up, you could tie them onto it, but we didn't have any arms on it. And you'd reach down and grab them, and I bring them down like that. Uh, how old did that? How old, what year was that, or how old were you? I was in my 17 to 20. And what was the other bad one that was up there? Oh, one of the guys that worked there was an ice storm. And he had a pullover rain slicker on. And he was having trouble with the <coughs> T-bar jumped off one of the rails and he went up and he got it put back on again but he slipped and fell and dislocated his shoulder. Couldn't get an ambulance there. We didn't have one. I drove him to Pepperell to Doc, old Doc Crocker. So here I am, my red ski patrol coat on with a big white cross on the back of it. My ski clothes bring him in. So I know this guy. Most of the other people, when they break a leg or something, you don't know the acid, don't worry about it. It doesn't bother you as much. But I knew this guy. He was an older man. He was older than I was, you know. I worked with him. And the doctor says, we got to get this rain slicker off. Well, you're not going to cut it. You're not going to cut it. It's going to hurt if we pull it over. I don't care. We're pulling it off. He's screaming and hollering. And the doc, I remember the doctor saying, you don't look right, you okay? I says, I'm fine. I says, looks old nurse says, you better sit down. I says, no, I'm all right. And I heard a thud. And I remember saying, don't open your eyes. You're gonna be looking right across the rug. I know you are. I opened my eyes, I was looking right across the rug. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Yeah, I'm ski patrol. <laughs> Not even any blood in your past though. Never fainted in my life. That was the first. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. I had no idea. Oh. But there was some there was some good times. I mean there's I'm sure there was others that you, you don't remember, but you mentioned tobogganing. Did he have tobogganing? No. 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 That was always a big thing when we were kids. You didn't slide on that hill. But you had a toboggan for rescue. Well, yeah. 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 I thought I just had read somewhere yeah. that he had tobogganing there. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. That was pretty dangerous because there was no runoff on this hill. Yeah. You were at the bottom. <laughs> you know, there was no... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And he was very, very strict about that, obviously. Yeah. Like yeah. And so were the core and uh, nascent pheasant. Mm -hmm. They also didn't want us sliding up there. Mm -hmm. And kids in town never did that, ever. Went up there with a sled in the, a moonlit night. <laughs> Would never do that. <laughs> you go first, I'll go, and here go, okay, go, okay, now I'm going to wait, just listen, 
we can go now. <laughs> ah, those were the days. A lot of fun. Wasn't I think I had the only sled that came out of it alive. The others, the other sleds were junk. <laughs> Runner sleds or were they toboggans? They were runner sleds because we knew it was hard packed and it was real icy in spots and we knew it was going to be fast. We didn't think it'd be that fast. <laughs> and how do you stop them? You can't. You can't. <laughs> what else have we got? Um, let me see. I know that DeRosa had some plans to build. A chalet at the top, a Swiss chalet. Yes, he did. He was concerned about people wanting to stay over. Yeah. There was really no room for that. That's right. So whatever happened with any of that just didn't... It's faded by the wayside. If he just, like, the whole thing went downhill, Donna. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the snow didn't come. Yeah. And the weather got so you couldn't make snow. So it just kept fading and... Uh, he got a job, he was from Lexington, Mass. Mm -hmm. And he got a job working at Seabrook. Oh. And that was big money. So they sold this, he went to Seabrook. And they used to, he used to do concessions at the racetrack. Yes. That's how he started, and Westford, Mass. He did concessions down there. Westford, that was a big racetrack. That's what him, his father, and his mother did. They were, they were good people. A little different, but they were good. A little, little, sh little culture shock for us up here, but you know, the big pink Cadillac and well, salmon-colored Cadillac he had. Just you know, that Massachusetts. It was different. Yeah. Boston suburbs. Yep. And did his son help out as well? Like, did he help out at the ski? There was, I can't remember his father's name, Mr. DeRosa, that's all I know. That was the father. And then there was Arthur DeRosa and his mother. And Arthur's wife was from Hillsborough, and I believe her father was president of a bank or owned a bank, had something to do with a bank. And then I think that's where a lot of the money came from. Mm -hmm. And those trails, there was a Stacy Slope, mm -hmm. there was a Page Run or something. Page Pinnacle. Yep. Yeah. 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 Those are his those two. Are the kids? Those that's are his kids. Yeah. 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 There was. Let's see. This was 1971. Keith's kitten. Yeah, Keith was the only boy he had. Stacy Slope. Page Pinnacle. So those are the names of his kids. Glad I remembered that. Pretty, pretty good. Um, so what else? Did he have any? So he had a bar upstairs. You said or a dance hall upstairs. It was. It was just a big open area up there. Yeah. And you could dance, and they had some booths and tables, and. Uh, did he have bands in or? Yeah, I think they did. did I think they. I think they had some. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot like uh, Kathy's down there. The event center? Yeah, the event center. I guess that's what they call it now. The auction house used to be. It's something like that. You know. 
Was um, Hugo Helmer around then? Hugo Helmer is the one that took over the ski school yeah. when I left. Yeah. And he had a Bavarian band, and I think this was probably after he left. Yeah. He would play. In I was in the service, then, so I didn't. He, when I got out, and I went down the skiing, he would have he he would come in. And if I came in, he might go out and ski once or twice down the hill, but that's all. As long as I was skiing, he wouldn't, he didn't want, there was a little, I don't know, animosity or whatever you want to call it. He didn't feel he was up to my standard or something. I don't know. I didn't have any problem with it, but he, I never thought he was that good a skier either. He ran a ski school. He had a good size one. Yeah, he had a few. He was yep. an Indian head. Yep. Had a place in Massachusetts. Yep. Who was that? When did you event? So when did you leave the mountain? Like working there? When you went. Nineteen sixty-five. Nineteen sixty-five. You left. December fifteenth, nineteen sixty-five. That was the service. Okay. Okay. And I came back in sixty-eight. You never went back to work there or do anything? I, did, I just did grooming. Uh, yep. And some snowmaking and some mountain managing. And nothing, you know, it was, it was sporadic. It wasn't, I didn't do a lot of it. And what about when Richard Barecchio came on board? I did very, I didn't do anything now. Okay. By then I was, had another job and was, Tangled up with that. Yeah. Um, you don't happen to have any other photos or movies or anything else other than and I can tell you who's got a movie of me and some others. Channel 7. From how far? I'm pretty sure it was Channel 7. It was either Channel 7 or WBZ. And they came up and they took pictures of us jumping off that last steep part. At the end of the day, they would be lined up, people with cameras on that slope, on the, against the tree line, taking pictures of the last run of the day when we came on. I have a, I should have. Um, one of my posters, Brookline Ski Area, Ski School Director Dale Ward. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. How big is the poster? Like this. I can't, I can take a photo of it. You can have it. We'll put it in the barn. I mean, that's wonderful. Don't feel compelled to do that now. As far, and I just have another question about the lighting. As far as the lighting that was set up, was it like spotlights? What type of lights were set up for the night skiing? They were like floodlights. Floodlights? Yeah, that's what they were. They were floodlights. And he initially started at the bottom of the hill? Yeah. And then he said, maybe if it takes off, I'll do the top of the hill too? Did he, did I, it ever? I don't off? know if it took off like that or if he just did the hill. Because 
No, I think that he did the hill because he wanted, what happened was the, the flood lighting was for the snowmaking to see what you were doing. I think that was the biggest part of why that first went up and then said, well, you know what? Somebody probably said, let's go nice skiing. And he said, yeah, sounds like a deal. We'll try that. How long was the snowmaking operation? Did that went on all night? Did you have any complaints with neighbors close by? Back then, no. Nobody complained. I know that people complained about the, the, um, the racetrack. At the end of it, they did. Anybody that lived here didn't worry about it. You know, it was no big deal. But the newcomers, you know. It's like they move next to Kenny's pig farm and say it stinks up here. Well, what did you think when you saw 300 pigs out there? You know? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and this is just one final old photo. I think this is from late 30s, early 40s. But just to get my bearings on, let me just make sure that this is... That's the big toe. This is the big toe? No, that's the rope toe. This is the rope toe here? Yeah. That's the little this here is the big toe. And this is the big area down on the bottom. So this is the hill, if you're looking at it on the left. left. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and then yep. depot would be here. Depot is, yeah, that went uh, way over. He had the he had the little rope toe there, and it went around behind that, and came out at the bottom of the little rope toe. At the end of the depot, you did a little cross country. Yeah. Let me just make sure I understand that. I'm just trying to find that other map. I brought too many papers. Oh, here we go. So you're saying this is what I wanted. So you're saying that this is this. Yes. That is. Yep. something where you would get up on the weekend and just go out there as soon as it opened and you'd be there all day skiing? Oh yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I'd stay there all day. All day. And I could go over to Whitcomb's and go in and get a cheeseburger or whatever, hamburger, hot dog, and I never had to pay for it because Aunt Jane was my real aunt and Eddie was my cousin. And my mother worked there part-time waitress and so, you know. I was a local boy, go over there and eat. And we'll catch up with mom and dad later, you know. So it was good for me. And you just pull up to the snow banking, take your skis off, mm -hmm. and go across the street and eat. Mm -hmm. Nobody stole your stuff. Nobody stole anything. That was unheard of. So the place that you had time was a snack bar? Was it a railroad station snack bar? Yep. Railroad snack bar. That was 
and then, and then wake up that lady in yep. the center town. No. <coughs> they were on 13th at that time. Yeah, right across whatever it is now, whatever they're trying to put in there now. It was small then. It was just an ice cream place. Um, I imagine those two, those two businesses got a lot of activity. The yep. number of people skiing there, right? Yep. Yeah, they did. Railroad Snack Bar was a good spot. If it snowed and the roads were bad, nobody could get out of town. Go to see Proctor Hill was the big thing. Can't get over Proctor Hill. <laughs> you go down to the Railroad Snack Bar. Everybody can make it to there, though. Everybody in there having coffee, because he had a pot belly stove in the middle. They'd go in and get warm. We could stop there when I plowed snow for the town. I worked for Clarence, Charlie Olette and myself were the two guys that plowed. And Lawrence used to say to us, if there was a storm, big storm, I'm going to be there tonight. So I'll just, the coffee pot will be on, just come in and get what you want. Come in through the kitchen door. Okay. And you go in, wanted a coffee, went in and got a coffee. And then in the morning when he opened up, you'd go there and get breakfast, you know. It was, it was different back then. It was, it was so different. It was nice, you know. It really was. Yeah, you miss it, you know. You miss it. Kind of like, I've moved up to Pittsburgh, New Hampshire now, and... I go down to Young's store, if you're familiar with Pittsburgh at all. I go down to Young's store and have coffee in the morning, 65 cents. Mm. Of course, no place to sit down. You know, you just stand in the corner with the boys and shoot the breeze. And if the walk's not shoveled when you get there, you grab the shovel and you shovel, shovel it out. Another guy will come along. Dip into the salt bin there, sand, throw some sand and salt on it, you go inside. It's, you just do it. You know, down here, and the funniest part of it is, down here, you go into, you check it out sometime. You go to the liquor store or you go to the convenience store down at the end, 13 there. How many people look at you and say, hi, how you doing? Don't make eye contact. Oh my God, if you make eye contact, they're going to bring you over. You know, up, up there, the same people will come out of the store and say, good morning. Mm. You know, the same people from down here will go up there and say, you look at them and say, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. You know, not good. It's Good, how are you? Yeah. And that's, I think that's, too bad that's all lost. But if you ever plan on moving to your little local town, that one you remember so well, where you grew up, they're all the same. I go to town meeting up there, and I can put my hands, close my eyes, and sit there and listen and say, oh. That's Stanley Reynolds talking. Oh, that's Alan Fezzenden. Oh, that's Tom Moran. Oh, that's Clarence Fowl. Oh, there's his father. 
there's George, can't understand him. There's Q Young. They're all there. The same ones in the same, you know, that guy's a pain in the butt. Yes, he's up there. He's the same way. You can put a name to him. And you just say, wow, this is crazy. This is crazy. And that's just the way it is. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. Do we have most of, uh, of uh, Dale's friends? Do we have a, a number here? Charlie Lett, Phil Jepson, um, Charlie Bolio, uh, Chinky Jepson, Alan Fezzeden, Arthur Fezzeden, Morris Marshall, Tom Moran. Those guys were all my idols. They were cool. They could start at the top and never even turn all the way to the bottom. <laughs> of course, the skis weren't quite as fast as they are today, but you know, they were. We didn't break any legs either. They were pretty good, I guess. Um, Clarence never. I don't remember Clarence skiing, and I don't remember Clarence playing hockey. All of these guys played hockey too. We all played. We all played hockey up to the way. Alan Pheasant was hockey. Terry Dennehy, um, Ralph Brahma, Bremer. Mm -hmm. um, Ross Jensen. Uh, Billy Ingraham. Uh, all these guys, they're a lot older than me. And I can remember, I'd walk over to the lake, put my skates on at Camp Tevye, skate across the lake to where Clarence Fowl lives now, because that's where we played over on that side of the lake. And I'd play hockey, hockey with these big guys. And we had, you, you, I know you don't remember, the rope toe mittens, they were gray with staples in them. Did you ever see them? They were like rope toe mittens. We had. That's all we had for that. We didn't have any equipment. There was there was no equipment. And these guys, you know, I was a little guy. I was only 12, 13, 13, 14 years old when I started playing with them. And we put their stick under my stick and pick it up, and I would hold it down. They'd slide up and smash my fingers. I would get back to Camp Teddy at the end of the day. My laces are all froze up. My hands are scabbed to the inside of my mittens. I'd get my boots and my arms, and I'd walk home from Camp Teddy. I'd go across Route 13 through the woods to the house, put my feet in the oven, and my mother would say, I hope you learned your lesson not to do this again. Oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> Next Saturday, no snow, we're playing hockey. <laughs> I get beat up again. I got linoleum. My dad got some new linoleum in the house, and they come in these big cardboard tubes. It's in the middle of them. Cut it off, slit the back of it, put it down so they couldn't slap my shins anymore. <laughs> Didn't hurt so bad then. 
five or seven years or not even? Anywhere from seven years to 10, 15 years older than me. Yeah. But they always let me play. They always let me play. Because if they hit the puck and somebody missed it and it went out across the lake, go get it, Dale. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'll be right back. It's, I see it. It's on the public beach. I'll get it. <laughs> I'll be up by North Stream when I go back. Oh. And we used to play. We used to play hockey. I, you probably don't care about this stuff, but you got me started. Um, we used to play hockey down the side of Mill Pond. We used to play down at Pearly Percy's. You don't know where that is. You know when you go to Townsend, after you go by the liquor store, there's that pond on the left. And little We always played right on the left by the stucco house, right there. That was another place. We, in fact, they had light there. You could play at night. Um, and what was the other one we played at? I don't ever remember playing on the Lindy Pond. But I did play on the lake a lot. Over on on the side where the camps are. Not Camp Tevye, the other, other camps. Those were, those were the only places, and if there was snow, little snow on it, we always shoveled it off, you know. We never had a problem. And we played ball in the ball pit. I remember taking the tractor down there, and hooking onto the chain link fence. <laughs> Dragging the infield because it was all gravel, <laughs> but we always everybody played ball, and you had two things on your bicycle handlebar: baseball glove and a bathing suit. Mm -hmm. We had boats, rowboats. Dennehy's did. I had one. Uh, my, my family had one. Austin's had one. Austin's myself and. Uh, Billy Farrell, he had one. They were tied up by the public beach, and you left them there. And we'd go fishing in the summertime. We'd go camping up North Stream. Go camping for two, three days, and you're 13 years old, you know. Imagine letting your 13-year-old go by himself camping for three days. Good times. It was. It was a different world back then, you know. This town used to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I took second place in a soapbox derby on this hill right out here, down in the center. You've been hearing about some of those in the past, too? Yeah. Okay, that's great. Well, we're, we're going to wrap up with you. I'm done. Before you keep on, I want to thank you for your time. Very interesting story. You got me sad. Yes. That's good. Huh? I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And we're just really excited to sit and chat. So hopefully maybe we can do this again if we have other Yep. Yeah. I'll be down the week getting there for the twenty first and twenty second. But I've got a party to go to for my great niece. She graduated from campus.